Welcome to episode 38 of the Loaded Card Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a trip to the Game Corner to talk about the flame in the flood. Stupid whores. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Car Podcast. It's time once again to retreat to the corner, the Game Corner, the Flame of the Flood. I am Paul of What's While Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? How is it going, Paul? Well, I think that one went better. I could do better still, but we're just going to leave it. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> On air critiquing of our own show. This hey, is what you, know you tune what? in for. That and half hour of news. 45 minutes. There was 45 <laughs> minutes at one time, damn it. I'm always mad about that. But you know what? People have said that it's awesome that we cover stuff with news. And uh, I guess we're going to have to keep doing that. I like doing it, damn it. I think it's cool. Too, it's cool to talk about some minutes? of this stuff. 45 minutes, Dan? If there's, if there's enough stuff to talk about, we should talk about it, Paul. Yeah, I know. Anyway. So this week's up is uh, The Flame of the Flood, a an indie survival adventure game is the only thing you can think of with it. But first, what have you been playing? I have been playing a weird selection of games. Go on. So as usual, have been my random sprinkling in of uh, Player Unknown Battleground because it's actually, it's pretty fun. I've been actually doing some really dumb stuff in it lately, which has made it even more fun in a way. Because I'm trying to get more used to its ballistics physics as, as the only way I can think to phrase it. Like, you know, just the sure. overall, you know, gun wielding and how the bullets work and getting better at fighting in close quarters and crazy sh like stuff like that. So basically what I have a tendency to do now is I will intentionally make poor decisions <laughs> in okay. the game. So like there's there's basically if you watch any of the there are tips for new players videos, which, you know, are always like, don't jump out of the airplane as quickly as you can wait a little while and drop out where it's someplace safer and you'll last longer. And like, no, I just jump out as soon as I can, like, and then just aim for someplace. I know everyone else is going to go to and uh, try to survive as long as possible Fair enough. in, in that way, because I, it forces me to get in more gunfights faster. And sometimes the game only lasts like, three minutes sometimes sometimes i actually survive a little longer and jump to weird places that no one else apparently does even though i see it and like ooh, that looks like a good place but i don't know it's pretty fun it, it intentionally making poor decisions is kind of entertaining in its own weird way because i can pretty consistently get into the top 20 top 25 sure. so out of 100 yeah, if you aren't bad. familiar with the game um so this forces me to play differently and it's interesting to try and compensate for. And it's funny to be like, I should totally go over here because I know no one else is going to be over here. And instead I go, oh, no one else is going to be over here. So let me go over here instead. <laughs> Are you familiar with Musuck? With who? 
Muselk. He's a YouTuber who generally plays Overwatch videos, but he's been doing a lot of uh, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds lately. I think you'd really enjoy him because he's a very, very funny Australian man who does a lot of crazy shit on cool. Battlegrounds. Plays a couple of people who are in the yeah. states and just all kinds of entertainment. Yeah. Um, amusingly, this the YouTube channel uh, Defend the House, which we've talked about a couple of times. We talked about their their weird Overwatch bot tournament they just did. Yeah. Uh, today released the first Mythbusters for Player Unknown Battleground, and it was pretty cool. I sent it to Drew of Hops and Heroes fame, who I occasionally play with, and he was just like, "Huh." I never would have even thought about whether or not the supply drop could kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Their their whole website is kind of interesting because that's basically what they do is they like all of these urban legends that you know come out about video games. Like oh, like one of the other ones for uh, battlegrounds is uh, you can punch someone out of a vehicle. Can you? Yes, you can punch someone out of a vehicle. <laughs> that seems delightful, and I want to do this when it goes. <laughs> like, but they they just like all of these weird questions that people, you know, they, and some of the other games, like, and I know the one that they haven't done that I know actually works in Battlegrounds is uh, if you put your weapon away, if you holster your weapons, you can run faster, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it's like, like that in other games too, so yeah. it doesn't surprise me that that's. Per, a myth that's been persisted through to this game yeah well it might have something to do with the fact that they're using the i, I don't remember if they're using unity or unreal i think they're using unity i couldn't tell. it might be unreal though i don't remember but yeah they're using a major major engine so it might have something to do with that that physics uh but yeah, but that's the stuff they do like people are like oh you could totally swim faster if you hold down this button unreal 4 Yep. And uh, yeah, and so basically, like they go in and they, as well as they can, try to test it and uh, determine whether or not it's true. Like they they have some good videos for Zelda Breath of the Wild and some other stuff like that. Like a bunch of the Halo games and the Division and Overwatch and they're they're good content because it's just kind of interesting the weird things people think to try and do in these games. <laughs> so if you're curious about uh, myths and player knowns battlegrounds, check the show notes. Indeed. Uh, other than that, I finished the Knights of the Fallen Empire, Knights of the Eternal Throne uh, expansions in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh, okay. And uh, it was okay. Like, the ending was kind of neat. Um weird crazy dream world stuff uh, okay i got to kill everyone i wanted to kill which was everyone yes yes of course so that was good that's my favorite part i can imagine <laughs> so and then i have started playing elder scrolls online yeah i uh pc i see pc yes uh i have it on backbone yeah uh, uh I bought it like January, maybe January or February is when I first originally bought it at uh, like on one of the steam winter sales. And, uh, I played it for, I don't know, two or three days and then stopped because I just wasn't interested in the class that I picked and there were other things I wanted to play. So I picked that back up and I'm playing a Argonian Nightblade, and, uh, goofing around with it haven't picked up Morrowind, its big expansion that just released yet, but 
I, I want to like the game before I spend another forty dollars on it. You know, so yay, yeah. I know I, other people play it. Like I know both of the Hops and Heroes people used to be uh, super ridiculously hooked on it, or at least Bailey was ridiculously hooked on it. So she has said many a time on their podcast. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm checking it out. I'm giving it a, giving it its fair shake. I enjoyed what I played of it, but it seems so much like any other MMO. The beauty of Elder Scrolls games was that they made you feel special. The problem with Elder Scrolls Online is that when everyone is a special main hero, nobody is. Yeah. Their instantiated content has been pretty cool, but other than that, I'm kind of... Eh. Yeah, for, for me... The weird hang up is that the thing, the big thing about Elder Scrolls games is you're free to play them however you want. Yes. You're free to kind of mix and match whatever play styles you want. I actually like the older games where when you make some decisions, it locks you out of other ones, which is, it makes sense. Like, sure. When you join the Fighters Guild, you cannot join the Thieves Guild because they hate each other. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, but like, you can't do that in elder scrolls online like there are there are four characters and you can do any like basically the way it's been explained to me is that like no matter what of the four classes the four original classes you play like you can tank you can heal you can dps like they can all fill any role to some capacity it's some are just better at different roles than others like there's a couple that are better tanks but the other two classes can tank yeah and and vice versa like they, so you can do whatever but like my usually what i take into an mmo and usually what i take into a lot of rpgs is big uh like like dps warriors i like i like the dps war i like to just jump in and hit things in the face with axes it's more fun that way um and so i tried the dragon knight which seemed like the closest to that that i could get and like it it just wrong i was just bored like it's not like they all have a lot of magic i don't know so i'm I'm trying a night blade this time because it's a little like going assassination on a night blade so we'll see we'll see what are you gonna do stab things pretty much yeah so uh what have you been playing well um I actually, about an hour before we started recording, I was playing Overwatch, like usual. It's it's a double XP weekend this weekend. I'm sorry this will go out on Monday instead of today, so you can't actually get the news from us. But if you're already playing Overwatch, I can almost guarantee you already know. Um, I still haven't finished my comps, but when I was doing my qualifiers for it, I went with my team, amazing team, awesome people, uh, five wins, one loss, and one draw. We did amazingly well, and I'm hoping that it'll place me somewhere pretty high. But what are you going to do? Also yep. started playing uh, D&D on Tuesdays. Uh, every oh. Tuesday at 6 o'clock to 10 p.m., we play D&D, and it's been a lot of fun. Came up with a, uh, a barbarian, human barbarian, that I've just been really enjoying, just smacking the shit out of things. Like, he routinely does 13 to 18 damage per round, which is kind of ridiculous yeah it's kind of ridiculous when you're first second third level mm-hmm. and i picked up uh, on sale nba 2k16 because i like 2k15 and this one's the the storyline story mode for this is directed by spike lee so nice 
that's the, that's like you don't expect that to happen. Like Spike Lee yeah. is, is a reasonably big name director. You don't expect him to just direct a video game. Yeah. And that was actually a big thing that uh 2K picked up for that one was that yeah. the, him directing. They were touting it pretty hard when it first came out and I was Oh, like, hell yeah, they were. Cuz he's a I massive basketball fan too, which, oh, yeah. you know, helps. Yeah, I I looked at 2K17, I was like Huh, this got 2.5 out of 5. Let's take a look at 2K16 because I really don't care enough about basketball to want to pick up the newest one if it's going to be crap. 2K16, 4.6 out of 5. Okay, done. And it was on sale. So I got it for 15 bucks. Nice, nice. Yeah. So do we go to news now? Your, your favorite segment of the show? We have to. We have to. All right. It looks like you got a bunch of news that I'm pretty excited about really all of it yeah did you watch the trailer that i linked for the first one i did not but i uh, i know because dave has been really looking forward to this one because he was a huge huge fan of the original series this is based off of yes me too yeah me three my my favorite genesis games or seven i don't know how many people are in this yeah a lot um so anyway if you are not aware, there is a game being worked on that's currently in beta, I believe, called Road Redemption. And it was kickstarted, and I am one of the Kickstarter backers. And they announced that it is going to ship on all platforms that it is being released on, which is like PC, Xbox, PlayStation 4, Linux, Mac, you know, all of its big platforms. It's being released four-player split-screen co-op. Which is awesome. And it will include the entire main campaign as well as, you know, like, its regular multiplayer aspects that it's going to have. So that is kind of amazing that they're going to do that. Uh, One of the really, really funny tidbits that they pointed out, um, let me see if I can find the stats on it real quick, because it's really funny. With modern 1080p monitors... Each quadrant of a four-player split split screen actually has seven times as many pixels as the entire screen in Mario Kart 64 or GoldenEye. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a weird factoid to throw out there, you know? Yeah, but but they're doing two-player split screen, like your normal, what you think, and then they have a three-player mode, which you can see in the trailer that we will link in the show notes. Uh, Divide into triangles or something? Uh, no, the the top one is ho- you know the full width of the screen, and then the yeah. bottom one splits into two. That um, seems kind of mm, giving the top player the advantage. Not really. Like if you'll you'll see, but it dep- really depends on the person's monitor size yeah. more than anything. Whether like That's how fair. it how it like kind of affects things. But if you don't know. And I don't think I mentioned this. Road Redemption is the spiritual successor. People love that term these days of Road Rash because it's a lot of the original Road Rash team and they couldn't get the rights to Road Rash. So they made their own game. And holy crap, does it look good? Like I played oh, yeah. some of the alpha versions of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I might actually have it on downloaded right now from steam if not i need to just to mess with it some more but man does it look good and the multiplayer split screen looks pretty amazing so highly recommend you check out the trailer it's it is like a minute and 15 seconds or something like that it's a very short little gameplay series of clips but 
right. if it does not make you want to play that game, like I don't I don't know if, if I can help you at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. So I have a kind of semi-related to the split screen co-op. Yeah. The one I linked in there, um, the original game came out in I think like 2009 for Xbox 360 and PC called State of Decay. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I felt was completely missing from the game was multiplayer. So it is a third-person action-adventure game where you are trying to build up a, a safe haven from zombies. Mm-hmm. You're, it, it is your typical post-apocalyptic zombie survival horror game. Less horror, more survival. But it's so much fun. It is just you you go up, you run up, you wallop a zombie with a with a melee weapon. You can free your friends from them. It's just there's a lot of content in there. I highly recommend checking out the trailer. But State of Decay 2 added in co-op. Not just co-op, but full campaign co-op, where the actual multiplayer aspect is integral to the story, which I am super excited yep. for. Yeah, that was one of the ones that we really looked forward to at E3 that is not out yet. Yes. It is not and, out yet. It, and it I is, think it's supposed to come out by the end of the year. I think that's what I... It is due out this year, yes. So, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's the release date is... Um, I believe the term that they used is sometime in 2017. Yeah. It it I have it I have it down as something that we're gonna like keep an eye on for at E3 because I know I know we're expecting to see more on that game and a couple others. So absolutely that we really liked the look of last year. We will see something at E3 because Undead Labs has announced that they will be part of Microsoft's E3 2017 Xbox press conference. Yeah. So we're gonna hear more of that next week. Oh, I fully expect much, much pimpage from uh State of Decay 2. Absolutely. Perfect World Entertainment and Cryptic Studios have announced that they're working on an RPG for PC and consoles based on Magic the Gathering, like the universe of Magic the Gathering, yeah, which is I saw the announcement for this. It's so weird. Which could be really cool because, like, I've played some of the Planeswalker or whatever PC game for that they made, um, and like some of the stuff there, like, there's a ton of lore behind it, and I know there's an absolute metric oh, yeah. shit ton of books yeah. for based in the series so like it is you know there's some rich rich lore to work with so it could make a really good rpg but it's just kind of funny that a card game based on rpgs is now being made into an rpg <laughs> like <laughs> um but yeah it could be could be really interesting it could be complete crap so- who knows the thing with that is, it is it's not just an RPG. They're making it an MMORPG. Eh, I only yeah. saw RPG. So, so um, yeah, apparently Cryptic and Perfect World are doing, yeah, an MMORPG. I just linked it in the show notes for us. Okay. Um, I. It could be interesting. It also could be just another ho-hum, run-of-the-mill MMO that has copied World of Warcraft. Yes. I mean, it's cryptic has done a few things. Uh, this one just it says has. the thing that I see just says it's going to be a triple A RPG. So if you look at the one that I just linked, um, cryptic studios and perfect world, two companies with plenty of experience making online worlds are creating a magic of the gathering massively multiplayer online RPG, which is the coast to which one's popular card game franchise announced the project today. Hmm. 
is a promise is promising a triple a game although it did not offer many details other than other than it is coming out for unspecified consoles and pc wizards of the coast said it will reveal more details in the game's title at a future date so conflicting reports maybe it's not an mmo maybe it's an rpg but yeah i don't know I, is it bad that I trust Blue's News more than I trust <laughs> Venture Beats? No, not at all. Blue's News has a good reputation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I literally, know. they just, like, the Blue's News thing, it just quotes the announcement. And the announcement literally says, Today announced the development of a brand new RPG based on Magic the Gathering and the acclaimed strategic card game by Wizards of the Coast. The AAA RPG is currently being developed from the ground up for both PC and console. Additional details in the game's official title will be revealed at a later date. Yeah, in in total fairness to the the to Blues News as well and to Venture Beat specifically, um, Perfect World is a Chinese China based MMO company. They they always make MMOs, and I believe Cryptic does the same thing. Yeah, Cryptic made Neverwinter Nights. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, if that, like, oh, do you mean Neverwinter or Neverwinter Nights? Neverwinter, the more recent one. Okay, so they're both our MMORPG companies. So yeah. it's kind of a it's yeah. an understandable if it's a mistake, it's an understandable mistake to make, and yeah. it's also a pretty logical conclusion to jump to. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's a literal quote in the statement from the uh, CEO of Cryptic, uh, right. Steven D'Angelo, that says, everything from the graphics to the gameplay is being targeted for the for a truly AAA game. We're thrilled to provide Magic fans with the opportunity to explore the game's worlds and characters through an entirely new lens. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it This says nothing about it, but, you know, who knows? There's, there's always more that'll leak out and, you know, more that'll be... Yep. Yeah, more that'll come out at a future date. Oh, come on. Uh-oh, Do what? we really need another one of these? Yes. At, we do the not. Ne- the next no, we one. we don't. So, so this is funny. This I, I had to include this because this is the weirdest thing I have heard in, like, forever. That's so fair. to make an awesome transition, speaking of collectible card games. <laughs> yep. Flaming Foul Studios, like, Flaming Birds, apparently, and Mediatonic announced a new game that is currently in beta called Fable Fortune. And it is a collectible card game based on the world of Albion from the Fable games. Why? Because you got to kick the cash cow that is that IP. But it's already dead. Let it die. Kick the dead cash cow. <laughs> All right. To be fair, the what little footage they show on the actual website for Fable Fortune looks kind of cool. It looks, you know, like Hearthstone, but with fancier animation. But it looks kind of cool. I guess. Yeah, it kind of looks like that, doesn't it? I don't know. It just that is exactly like Hearthstone. But but they don't look like cards. They're, they're like little no, animated it's, figures. It's but literally Hearthstone. Yeah, but it looks exactly like Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, collectible card games make money, so of course they're going to make this. They have the IP sitting around. You might as well. I guess. But who knows? It's just weird. So. Yeah. Any more news? I am all out of news for right now just because uh, I know you don't want me to talk anymore about news. <laughs> I am okay with news as long as we have things pertinent to the conversation. 
That's fine. Um, Do you have any more news? I have one that is weird, and I don't know much about it. I'm okay with this. That's pretty much my entire history of relationships. Nice. So apparently someone has stolen the design document for Cyberpunk 2077 and is ransoming it back to CD Projekt Red. That upsets me. That upsets me a lot. Those guys worked very hard to bring us three amazing RPGs and these... That annoys me greatly. So, yeah, apparently they're asking for I don't know how much money... Uh, but yeah, someone hacked into part of their company and stole uh, an early design document, apparently. Um, and CD Projekt Red released a statement today being like, yeah, look, uh, some people told us that they were in possession of a few internal files belonging to our company. Among them were documents connected to early designs for Cyberpunk 2077 uh, demand for ransom has been made saying that should we not comply, the files will be, will be released to the general public. We will not be giving into the demands of the individual or individuals that have contacted us, uh, which might eventually lead to the files being published online or the appropriate legal authorities will be informed about the situation and that they're old and largely unrepresentative of the current version of the game. That still irritates me. Yeah. And, and then basically they say like, hey, you know, if you if you're looking forward to the game, you, you should probably avoid the information not coming directly from them because, you know, it could ruin your impression of the game or whatever. But yeah, yeah it is. It is weird. Like, it's just very, very crazy. Like, it all kind of came out of the woodwork today. And I think late last night or something like that, because, you know, they're not based in the United States. So, right. It's just, it's just weird, but yeah, apparently it's a thing now. I don't know if you heard about a couple of weeks ago where someone hacked into, I think it was a sound studio or something like that and stole a bunch of like movies and television shows that hadn't been released yet. And then like ransomed movie studios and television studios and threatened to like leak the episodes online before the shows aired. Okay. Yeah. So this is apparently a new thing now where people will try to steal content. And then the the funny part about the, the television shows one uh, was what they were, they're asking for payment in Bitcoin, which made me laugh a lot because it's just kind of funny. I guess that something seems... like something, it ended up being something like $75,000, the equivalent in Bitcoin, which is some weird that's, number because Bitcoin that's is honestly, weird. That's, that's honestly not, that much in the long run yes it's not but it's kind of funny it just it cracks uh, me up like orange is the season five of orange is the new black was one of the shows that was being ransomed and there were a few other ones and apparently one of the movies they got was like an old one that had already aired which is kind of funny <laughs> nice <laughs> but all right yeah. main or topic? cd project red yeah what are you gonna do yeah we can do the main topic now i think it's good we, we've got our 30 minutes of news in. I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. It is time for some Game Corner action, specifically the Flame of the Flood. It is a, as said before, a roguelike survival adventure game. If you've played Don't Starve, it's reasonably similar in that uh, you do craft stuff and, well, not starve. Yes. You, are, you play the character of Scout. 
Scout is a woman trying to head kind of androgynous. Is it a woman? I don't know. It It is. Like it is referred to as a she in a okay. lot of the documentation. Um, but before we continue, I think it's important for us to say that as usual with our game show, game corner shows, we are going to maintain as spoiler free of an environment as we can for as long as possible. But there will be a time where we will have to go into Spoilerville and we will warn you and let you know before we yes. get there. So you can listen to the first half of this episode at least. And uh, we'll talk about mechanics and, you know, the stuff that we liked and didn't like about the game uh, and I, I, how it plays and not any of the actual story stuff as much as we can. I, I will say that there isn't really that much to spoil about the game. There's some minor plot points that we'll, we're going to hit and we will talk about the ending, which I will do a second warning preamble of there's going to be major spoilery territory here of we're going to talk about the actual ending. But that's really about it. The ending is the only thing that you can really spoil. Everything else is just, it's so kind of random because you get yeah. it's procedurally generated. You don't, you don't see much in the way of storyline. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, there's not going to be much to spoil. So listen well and uh, enjoy. We'll yeah. let you know when we're going to go to the ending. Yeah, we, but we will definitely let you know when we finish the mechanical talk and the reviewee talk and start talking about story yeah. and what little story there is. So Honestly, that's going to be the shortest portion of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so you're safe for now. Be safe. Uh, so anyway, we were if we were talking about Scout is is a female. All of the yes. all of the documentation and stuff I've seen about the game refers to Scout as being a woman. Um, you also have your handy dandy dog companion, Aesop. You usually named Aesop. You can also choose a different name for the dog, but Aesop well, is his default name. So funny thing is, the so there's an option in the options menu to choose between Daisy and Aesop. Yep. And Daisy is a different kind of dog. Okay. And basically it just changes the skin of the dog and still refers to the dog as Aesop the whole time. Like even in, even in the backpack, it says Aesop's backpack. Like it Weird. just changes the skin. Okay. I like but, the Daisy skin better. And like, I preferentially pick it because I huh. think it, it just looks better. I think it looks better. Right. So. I haven't seen the Daisy skin. I just went with default everything. Yeah. But which is totally understandable. There's sure. But I mean, I, I just wanted to see what it did. Like, well, what's yeah. the difference between Daisy and Aesop? And it's like, ooh, I actually like this dog better. This one looks nothing, cooler. Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing except its skin color. Yeah, That's nothing, it. nothing except for the skin. Yep. All right. So basically, when you're not crafting stuff and trying not to starve, there's only a handful of things to do in this game, which is which is really weird. Um, but it but they, flows so well, though. Oh, it does. Like, it, it is... It is just kind of a cool it's a cool little game like i i enjoyed it but it was for me it was weird because it was a game that i could only play for short periods of time like i could play for an hour and then i'd be like all right i need to go do something else for a little bit yeah. or and i don't know it, like that was just me like i really liked the game i enjoyed it it's i think it's a beautiful game i think it has a lot of really neat stuff going for it but it's just i I got to a point after usually about 45 minutes to an hour where I was like, all right, cool. I want to put this down for a little bit. I'll come back to it 
you know, later tonight or I'll come back to it tomorrow or, you know, whatever the case might have been at the day, that particular time. Um, but so a huge, huge portion of the game is traveling down this giant flooded river on your raft. And you have... <laughs> I I hesitate to call it a Huck Finn raft, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like it's just a bunch of logs lashed together. Um, and it's got some storage on it. You've got like a little foot locker or something on the end of it and some tarps and crap piled up. Uh but for the most part, the it makes sense. You just you constantly get pushed forward, which is like kind of the roguelike movement forcing you through things uh there's like calm sections of the river which are are much much easier to navigate and occasionally you hit rapids which you know throw you through really fast and they're harder to steer in and it's easier to crash into things um and then there's some like debris and obstacles in the way occasionally okay yeah, um, you can also, if you're if you're being careful, you can actually, um, there are random pieces here and there of like caches of yeah. items that you can pick up. Yeah, there'll be like a like a shopping cart hanging off the edge of like a little island. And if you can skim close enough to it, you can hit the A button real quick and and uh, loot it. So I guess that brings up one thing. Did you play with a gamepad or did you play with mouse and keyboard? I played with my Xbox One Elite controller. Me too. I played with my my Xbox 360 wired controller that I have a yeah, tendency to use. It feels like it wouldn't translate well to... Mouse, mouse and keyboard. keyboard? Yeah, it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I can see the hot menu being better on keyboard, though. True. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, I... I it just felt more natural to use the controller on this one, which is kind of weird because normally I kind of default to mouse and keyboard, but yeah, being able to like kind of kick back and use the controller was actually kind of nice. It was welcome and relaxing to a degree. As weird sorry. as that is to say. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find the tweet that I tweet exchange that I had with the designer of Flame <laughs> of the Flood. And I, I flat, said I, I tweeted out that do you know the do you know that minor existential crisis you get whenever you finish a really good game or a really great novel or movie and you just kind of sit there and think well what do i do now i felt mm -hmm. that with flame of the flood when i finished it and i sat there and i just i tweeted this out and all of a sudden the flame of the flood the, like the, the company liked my tweet and and the the designer said I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Thank you for playing. And I was like, no, thank you for making this great game. And he's like, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was just a really cool little exchange to have with just, it's nothing, it's not something you expect. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, so there, like, like we said, along with the like weird lootable stuff, there are, there's definitely some debris and stuff that you encounter in the river. So there's like cars and trees and just, piles of yeah. trash that are floating in the water uh there's like little islands sticking up that get in your way there's bridges across the water that you know you have a chance of running into it's just you know like little stuff you actually have to try and dodge that can damage your raft because if your raft 
gets its health depleted all the way, you fall off and drown, and that kind of ends your game. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there's multiple ways to die in the game. There's starvation, exposure, drowning from the raft, uh, murdered by wildlife. Uh, it's a very... Infection. Yeah, infection from bug bites or a snake bite. You can or get wounds that you or don't wounds, heal yeah. properly. Yep. Uh, you, uh, later stages, you'll actually get attacked by fire ants too, so you can get infected from those. There's poison ivy. Yep, yep. Which... Is that a... Is that more than a nuisance? Do you need to... I, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. Uh, if you can I remember it. I had to do something to heal it. I just don't remember what I had to do. Uh, tea. Maybe. The dandelion tea? No, I'm sorry. That's aloe. Aloe or dandelion yeah, tea aloe. would do that too. It would have been yeah. aloe. Yep. Uh, For some yeah. reason, snake bites are healed by sumac tea. Who fucking knew? Or dandelion tea. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, weird. I guess, I guess if I get a snake bite, I'll just go drink some dandelions. Uh, yeah. So... We're talking about all these items and stuff. The last thing that happens when you're traveling down the river is you run into explorable locations, yep. which there are a ton. Uh, there's 10 different varieties, yep. uh, and they all have different purposes and different contain different things in different amounts, which is kind of interesting yeah. so you're always kind of keeping an eye out for a couple of them especially bait shacks um at least that's my opinion because you can't sew new clothing without fish yeah. hooks <laughs> and and strings so you're always looking for bait shacks to to load up on fishing hooks and strings and you also um, need that for suture suture kits too if yeah. even with the sewing of the clothing you can also stitch your wounds yeah and leather kits Yep. To make, to make, again, so you need the stitching kits and the leather kits to make higher end clothing in the game, which is mm -hmm. annoying as crap. Um, yeah. So, aside from the bait shacks, yes, it is totally worth making the most awesome clothes you can in the game. It, it's very necessary. Uh, the most basic thing you could find in the game, I think, is the campsites. Yeah, they which, generally contain fires, uh, like a, a a a bus or trailer that you can sleep in, stuff like that. Yeah, um, fires are important because it's one of the only ways that you can dry yourself out after it rains. Or cook meat. Uh, yeah, or yeah, and you need it to cook meat um, and do some other crafting, like the dandelion and sumac tea we've been talking about. Um, yeah, so campsites are pretty important, even though they're kind of the most basic thing you can find in the game. Yeah, um, the, the most, the thing you'll find most often are wilderness, which yeah. is exactly what it sounds like. There's a random amount of resources out there. You can occasionally find them in, like, uh, there's, there's boxes out there. There's just all kinds of random assorted stuff. Like, there's um, catfish, uh, um, cattails plenty stuff like that it's it's all kinds of stuff to craft with uh there's also animals there which we'll get to those in a few minutes but animals are generally your enemy in this game aside from azop yes and rabbits yeah they're technically an enemy since they do run away from you azop is <laughs> the only one who's actually your companion yeah i know um the most utilitarian places to find on the river are probably the marinas because like literally all you can do there is repair and upgrade your raft and find gasoline for the engine if you ever build an engine for your raft. Uh, did you ever build one? No, I did not. I didn't either. I didn't think it was necessary. 
I never found it necessary to build an engine. I wonder if building an engine gets you upriver. Maybe, but, but it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like that's kind of anti what the game is about. Like it just gets you downriver faster. The only thing I'd think of would be to navigate rapids, so you could go into the rapids and actually go to locations that you may have missed because of rapids. Maybe. But uh, I but I haven't used one, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I honestly have no idea either. But yeah, uh, upgrading your raft is pretty essential. I will say, no spoilers. Build a stove as soon as you can. Yeah, you will use it. Does that dry you out too? It dries you out and it allows you to cook food. It keeps you warm during the colder sections of the game. It is essential. Yeah, yeah you'll hear basically a lot of weird survival tips <laughs> for the games smattered through Pretty here, much. and they're Pretty not. Much. I mean, they're probably quasi spoilery because you know sometimes there are things that like they're just fun little puzzles to figure out for yourself, but the game to a degree kind of hands a lot of those to you because it has like when you get a status ailment it tells you what you can do to fix it and then you can literally go to the crafting panel and figure out what you need to get to craft a thing and then then you get the stuff and you craft it and you just you go through this process of like learning all of this stuff over the first i don't know three or four hours you're playing you pretty much have a good idea of most of it yeah the game's short enough that if you're if you're really dedicated and sitting there and playing, you can beat it in six to eight hours. It is not a very, it's not a very long game. There's only 10 areas and you'll go through those areas real quick. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to go to the next location. So if you yeah. were going to say something else, you're, uh... no, it's, it is, that's it. I mean, it's, it's just a very quick, short game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of flavor though. That's why, that's what makes it so interesting. So it's just like, this is just a neat little game. Yeah. Um, there is some replay value to it too, because yeah. you can also there's a couple of game modes that you can play. There's survival and endless. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Indeed. So the next explorable location you occasionally run across is churches, which have shelter and then have a tendency to have a higher amount of first aid equipment, whether that's bandages or rags, stitching kits. Yeah. Alcohol which uh, surprisingly, I don't think I've ever drank the alcohol. I no, for, you use it for bandages. Yeah, you use it for sterilization for the bandages, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, you basically, you make to make a bandage, you mix a rag with alcohol. <laughs> yep. Sterilizes the bandage. Unfortunately, no Molotov cocktails. No. There is, however, in church sections, there's shelter too. So if yeah. you're... If you're damp and from rain, you can go visit the shelter and actually like sleep for an hour or two and you're dry. Yep. And it may or may not have stopped raining depending on how far into the game you are. There's also the clinic, which has hosts of medical supplies and stitching kits and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, the clinics are probably my favorite go-to location for just about anything because not only does it have medical supplies, there's actually a couple of other good things too because you can find uh, cattails and all kinds of other base crafting implements. Yeah. Um, on the other side of that equation, there's kind of the farms, which all they almost all they have is weird food supplies very little very little in the way of anything else it's like corn and i guess the willows too sometimes yeah you can uh, the, the weird thing that i didn't realize what it was was that like it was like 
cold cakes or something like that. I can't remember what they were called, but it was basically just ash cakes. I think. Ash cake. It was just corn mash that's been cooked the shit out of it to the point where it's just a little cake. Yeah, and it doesn't spoil. <laughs> which is the best part about it, because yeah. the only things that don't spoil are jerky and ash cakes, and I think the like um, uh, cooked yucca. Yeah. There's only three, th- three things that you should be keeping on you at all times just to stave off starvation. If you get cooked meat, it's great. It gives you a ton of uh, health bonus. Mm-hmm. like uh, It gives you your, a lot of your food meter back, but those three things I would keep on you just about at all times yeah. because you're going to run out of food. It's going to spoil. It's going to rot, and you really don't want to eat it. Yeah. Um, so weird pro tip is that each stage of the food has its own spoiling rating. Yeah. So when it's raw, it has, you know, oh, it spoils in six days. If you cook it at day five, it goes back to like, oh, this now cooked piece of meat spoils in six days. <laughs> it's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Especially so you, if you're really careful with how, how quickly you cook things. Yeah, so you can totally juggle some stuff if you really need to. Usually you don't need to that much. No. There's there's a surprising abundance, especially if you set the game on the the medium difficulty. Mm-hmm. The lowest difficulty I felt like was almost too easy. That's the the difficulty I completed it on. Yeah, I don't remember what difficulty I did it on. So yeah, probably medium. That's what you usually go with. Probably. Um, so the next kind of location is the filling station, which is basically you know, like a gas station slash convenience store, mm-hmm. and uh, they had. A lot of fuel because you know they have gas pumps, uh, wood and screws, and very importantly, a workbench for crafting equipment, which because, is becomes really important later. Yeah, you cannot make anything of the higher end variety without a workbench. Yeah, it's basically an upgrade to the campfire. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, just kind of uh, funny. There was, uh, after the filling station, there's also the liquor stores, which um, pretty self-explanatory. You get water, you get alcohol, you can sleep inside. Mm-hmm. Pretty much it. Very simple. Uh, the trouble with the the later stages, like the liquor store and uh, the general filling station and hardware stores, you're going to find higher level enemies too. We're talking like uh, not just uh, the general boars or rabbits. You'll also find snakes and wolves and occasionally a damn bear. Yeah. Do not fuck with the bear. I cannot <laughs> stress this enough. <laughs> so, speaking of that rule, um, me and some friends back in the day playing the original Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. ha- had a series of rules that we made based, yeah. on, based on playing Baldur's Gate. And rule number three... So the third rule we ever made in the game was don't fuck with Mr. Bear because we randomly very, very early in the game when you're like level one or two or whatever the hell, like we were out in the wilderness and we we're like, oh, cool. It's a bear. And like it killed everyone. Yes, quickly. <laughs> so Which we were like, what the fuck just happened? When I say don't fuck with a bear, I mean, do not fuck with it. They take five spike traps. Spike traps are your base means of defense. You put them together, they they flip a spike uh, after the after an enemy hits the tripwire, it flips a spike and generally will kill the enemy. Bears take five. Five. A boar takes one. A wolf takes one. These take 
five. That is a lot of resources to piss away just mm -hmm. for killing a bear. I have never killed a bear. I don't want to kill a bear. I had to look this up on the internet to make sure I was correct. It is five spike hits. It's crazy. Yep. So please, just let Smokey take care of the forest fires. Leave him alone. You can, however, I will say that you can actually lure enemies into the bear and it will fight mm -hmm. them. So if you're looking to, you know, um, get the stash out of the bear's cave you can actually have an enemy lure the bear out and while it's distracted with the enemy you could grab whatever's in its stash i've done that a couple of times and it's pretty cool because it usually has a higher end item in there and i'll yeah. just grab it and run the fuck away nice um so to circle around a little bit you mentioned a location that we hadn't talked about yet which was the hardware store uh, also contains a workbench, which is really important, and usually contains lots of stuff that you need to repair and build stuff for your raft. So yep. they're actually really good places to hit if you see one. The trouble with them is that they're generally in the late game of, yeah. of uh, Flame of the Flood, so you're not going to find them until usually around World 6 or 7 is where they start appearing. <laughs> World 6 or 7. Well... The location six or seven i don't know how else to say yeah because, they're, because they're they, kind of stages but not it's it, they're yeah, very yeah. arbitrary seeming too yep yep because generally speaking the game takes about 30 in-game days to complete you'll find these around day 17 or 18 mm. you'll start finding uh, you'll start finding these so they might yeah. be earlier it might be later because as we mentioned before this game is procedurally generated every time it's something new which does yep. give you a, a sense of, hey, let's see what I can find today. Yeah. It, the randomness definitely works in its favor, except for when it works against you, which like there are times where it's like, all I need is some goddamn nuts and bolts. And like, yep. you just can't fucking find them because the RNG gods hate you today. Yeah. I had stacks upon stacks upon stacks of upgrade materials. Couldn't find any lumber so I could make them. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it that was the that was the game that actually finished and actually completed it. The game couldn't mm -hmm. find any lumber, so my raft was basically it had a stove on it, and that was it. Yeah, um, so we're talking about all these resources and stuff. Let's talk about the inventory system. It's pretty run of the mill, at least with regards to your backpack. You yeah. can upgrade your backpack with pouches, but mm -hmm. you start with a set number of spaces you can have in your inventory you yep. can generally hold stacks of items but they usually cap out around five or ten depending on the item yep. and then they will separate yep uh in addition to your backpack your dog also has a small pack on it that can carry six things i think or six stacks of things depending Something on like that yeah i think it's six how you look of at things it. yeah and it can't be upgraded no it can't a dog your dog cannot become a pack mule unfortunately kind of can though and i say that by meaning kind of because if scout dies during your game mm -hmm. and you have items in aesop's pack aesop will take those to the next scout so basically nice. you can have item persistence over games where if you have something really valuable and you know you're going to die stash that shit on aesop and you'll take it to the next character <laughs> just load all of your clothes onto him Pretty much, really, because <laughs> uh, at one point I had boar skin everything, and I was mm -hmm. like, "I'm gonna die." Hey, Aesop, come here, boy. Take all this to Scout Scout 2.0. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. There is also storage on the raft, which you can upgrade via the raft upgrades. Um, there's a, a host of upgrades for the raft, really, where you can upgrade how much damage the raft can take. You can give, put a shelter on it so that you're not sleeping, you're not dependent on finding shelter in the wild to sleep. Yep. Uh, you can put the stove on it, which, as we mentioned before, will keep you warm, it'll keep you dry, and it will be able to cook food for you. The caveat there is that you can only cook food when you're docked, so you can't just throw it in there and hope for the best. Um, you can, however, eat while you're on the raft, but this is dangerous since you cannot steer while you're eating. Yeah. You generally want to just pull over anyway and do it at a dock because docks are completely safe and you can't get attacked there. You cannot, unless you move like five or ten paces away from the dock. Uh, in the, in the yeah. next screen, like even on that next screen, you've got to move like 10 or 12 paces away from the dock yeah. in order to actually get attacked. Yeah, but I'm just talking like the actual physical dock where you're standing on the wood planks next to your boat because, yeah, there, there there's nothing there. So you're you're pretty good. You are 100% safe there unless you like die of starvation or something where you leave the, you leave the room and go use the restroom or something. Um, yeah. There's, all right. So we've been talking about the enemies earlier and how the the bear, please don't fuck with the bear. It also has other companions. So we mentioned rabbits before. Uh, They're basically just a source of food and pelts. Literally all they're there for. Uh, In fact, the rabbit pelts are there to upgrade the pouches and put Mm -hmm. more space in your backpack. And and you need them to make leather kits to make clothing out of the later animals. Fuck the ravens. The ravens are jerks. Nevermore. Anything you can't actually hurt them. You can only scare them off because they alert enemies to your presence. Yep. You can also collect feathers from them, which you need in order to fletch for fletching for your bow and arrows. Mm-hmm. There's also snakes. Um, they're pretty chill as long as you don't come too close. They're uh, strangely attracted to torches. However, snakes, while they can hurt you and kill you pretty quickly. Also hurt the enemies a lot, so you can oh, yeah. use those as basically like um, pit traps or or like uh, like bear traps. Really, you can use the snakes to your advantage. They're like a uh, basically like a one shot deal. So if they hurt something, they usually can't hurt it again because the enemy has killed it already. Um, there's boars. Boars are pretty much really reluctant to come around you if you have a torch out. So keep a torch with you because if you don't have a torch with you, they will make you pay with your life. They're very, oh, yeah, they will. very vicious. They will fuck up your entire world. Oh yeah. Uh, boars. Really a... Boars kick my ass so much more than any of the other animals in the game. Oh, yeah. That one charge, that first charge will generally break your arm if you're not careful. Yeah. Or leg. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to end up with a broken bone if you fuck with a boar too much. Make sure to have a spear trap and be ready with it. So you can lure them into the spear trap. The spear trap kills them one wide hit, and you get some boar meat and a boar pelt. Good for you. It's really annoying when you run across a boar and you're missing like one sapling to be able to make a spike trap. (laughs) So you've got, you've got pieces of, you got like two or three saplings that require uh, or required for a spear trap because you put two in the ground, you string a sapling across it and there's a tripwire snaps, the tripwire spear whips around and kills the enemy. Hopefully. So Mm -hmm. there's also last one, the last common enemy in the game are wolves. 
they are terrified of fire and you can actually scare them away by yelling at them with the melee attack button yeah. which isn't really an attack it's just kind of shoving the spear in their direction and yelling at them yeah so and that's that's a good thing to talk about here for a minute is like the combat in the game or technically the lack thereof of combat in the game um so there there is no default combat like you can craft a knife you can craft a hammer i think yes. um but they're not weapons they're used for crafting yeah, um tools. you have a little staff that has like it looks like i don't know kind of like a can of coke with a light in it <laughs> on the end of it it's, it's, um, it reminds me of one of those like uh, those this uh the old time the handle yeah, yeah. time you flash the old timey lanterns basically yeah, kind of yeah essentially yeah and uh yeah so you have one of one of those on the end of your staff that you're walking around with all the time and you can kind of yeah shake it at things and scare them uh and, and it works for you know ravens that's how you get them to go away and stop yelling that you're there um it doesn't really work on snakes it does no. on boars a little bit it works the most on wolves. Wolves yeah. will just kind of shy back away from you as you're shouting at them and waving your staff around. Then you turn around and beat feet. Yeah. And they will hunt you. They they stalk you the whole time. Like yeah. wolves are wolves are assholes. That's the thing. You've got to make sure to turn around and yell at them again every few every few seconds after you start running away because yeah. they will continue to hunt you and they will fuck up your world if you let them. Yeah. The, the worst part is that they hunt in packs. So there's usually two or three of them around mm -hmm. you. So if you're not careful, you will die. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, I saw a really cool video that I think was from the developers, which are, I believe is called the Molasses Flood, is the I name of the so, company. Yes. Um, so they have a couple of videos on their YouTube channel that are kind of interesting. And one of them is showing that, like, the weird interaction of items and animals in the game. So you can, you can trap rabbits and keep them live in your inventory. And one of the things that you can do with these rabbits is let them go and other animals will chase them. And one of the things that they showed was, especially with wolves, was like setting up a one of the spike spear traps and letting seeing a wolf and letting a rabbit go and the wolf will chase the rabbit and the rabbit will run one direction and the wolf chases it and then the wolf runs back and the or the rabbit runs back and runs past the spike trap and then the wolf runs through and trips the spike trap and kills it and it's just kind of like nice. wow that's actually pretty cool that you can you can you can build these really complex things if you actually do it and it's was something i did not expect that level of complexity from this game which is kind of weird to say but yeah, yeah. it makes sense that it, it makes sense that it's in there but it's just like i wasn't expecting that kind of depth of gameplay That's understandable so the cool thing that i always found is that you cannot trip your own spear traps like you can't hurt yourself with those yeah so if you lure the wolf into the spear trap or boar and i've had several boars charge me and end up uh, with a really bad end on the end of a spear so they're they're pretty easy to lure them into. Yeah. Um the only combat that you have other than these traps, which there's snares to get the rabbits and then spike traps for basically everything else. Is there an upgrade to the spike trap eventually? Uh not that I found. 
Okay. I didn't see uh, one it's either. Just a spike trap, yeah. Yep. Um there's a bow and arrows that you can make. It's so shitty. It's so bad. Yeah. Um I think they're good. For, I mean, they kill rabbits. They're sure. really good at killing rabbits. Um it takes two or three shots to kill a boar and I think two or three shots to kill a wolf. Mm-hmm. But then you're dead. Not necessarily. Yeah. You just go through a you just go through a ton of arrows, and I never found much flint, so there wasn't like a lot yeah. of arrowheads to be made. Yeah, the the problem with the bow and arrows is that you can't move while you're using them. Yeah, you are rooted to the ground because you have to like hold in a direction, and it, like there's an, a firing arc that pops up, and it slowly narrows until until you can shoot the thing. Um, yeah. The controls are a little wonky. I th- I feel like for the bow and arrows, but. It's definitely not a game that is yeah. combat oriented. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I don't know. Bow and arrows just, I mean, they're they're a nice tool to have in your pocket. I didn't find much of a good use for them that you know, couldn't be better done by spear traps. Yep. But I actually trashed the bow because of that, because it was just like, you are useless. I don't need you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. So. so the- there was also um, less combat-y and more just he's there to alert you of things. Yeah. Uh, Aesop is actually an essential character. Like, you you need him. He can't yeah, be he, killed, which is great. Yeah, he alerts you to things that you can pick up that you have not picked up yet. Yeah, and occasionally barks when there's a snake around. Yes, he will bark when there's snakes around, and I think he barks at ravens, too. Yep, yep. And um, basically... S- Without Aesop, you wouldn't be on this quest. Yeah. Because he brings you the pack and is like in mm-hmm. peak Scout's curiosity. Otherwise, Scout would have probably just kind of been there for the rest of her life. <laughs> Maybe. Which would have been very short because there was nothing left there. Yeah. Not very much. So we talked earlier about the fact that there's a couple different game modes. There's basically two. There's campaign mode and then there's endless mode. Yeah. Um. So campaign mode uh to not get into into any spoilers yet basically aesop shows up he's got a radio and there's like a weak radio signal that you can't really make out what the message is so you take off to try and like figure out if you can hear the radio message and figure out what the hell's going on and then there's like a little little story connected to that in the campaign mode and the campaign mode has an end as, as we've kind of expressed Uh, endless mode is just how far down the river and how many days can you survive without dying? Yep. For campaign mode, there's a a handful of difficulties uh, and one of, one of the lower difficulties or maybe a couple of the lower difficulties allow you to continue once you die and you just basically get reset back to whatever chapter or section or world that you're in depending on how you want to refer to it it was the last place that you docked at will be the next place that you come back to uh that that wasn't i don't i don't uh, maybe i was playing on a higher difficulty then maybe uh because mine took me back to like i got to section three and got you know a couple of miles down the river from the start of section three and it started me back over at the beginning of section three. There's like waypoints you can choose, isn't there? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So in endless mode, you just, you know, it's permadeath. You die, you start over. Yeah. 
So I think we are to the end of the spoiler-free zone. So if you continue from here, there will be spoilers. The following content contains spoilers and the possibility of graphic violence, nudity, vocal and uncensored opinions, cursing, loud sighs of regret, anguish, and the possibility of sleepy hosts. Please skip ahead to 1 hour 17 minutes 5 seconds. If you wish to avoid the proceeding, listener discretion is advised. All right. It's time for spoilers, I guess. So, unfortunately, uh, Tan never got a chance to finish the game. He's been way too inundated with other things, you know, actually having a life outside of this podcast, unfortunately. What? (laughs) Right? That's Uh, not allowed. So, I was able to finish it because, again, it's like six to eight hours if you're getting really lucky with yourself. And so, basically, you play Scout. Scout is the female survivor of the game and is... Now, after meeting Aesop and having the radio and backpack given to her, uh, is trying to get to the next area. I mean, she's she's literally just trying to find the source of the radio signal. Yeah. She's given the radio. She goes to find the source of the radio signal. And once you do, because you do in like uh, section three or four, I can't remember which one. Okay. You are told of a place called the Kingdom. The kingdom is a safe haven for anyone who is still out there, according to the radio message. Uh, as you continue on, you make it th- your, your way through progressively more and more difficult areas on your way to the kingdom. Uh, like we said, the hardware store doesn't appear until later uh, difficult later areas of difficulty. You're fighting worse and worse enemies. Like the, the snakes don't appear until later. The bear does not appear until section six. And the bear is an asshole. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, so... What I thought is that, I mean, it seems like you're at the the end of fall and the early or like the beginning of winter, right before it gets really cold. Because as you're going down the river, you start getting colder and colder. Like it starts becoming more of a, a an impetus to your to your journey, right? Which I found really uncomfortable because that's why I'm telling you to use the stove, folks, because it gets really cold really quick, and you will want that stove. On the way, you do meet several characters that are NPCs that do help you out if you phrase the questions correctly. Like you got to choose the right dialogue box in order to get them to help you. And they're pretty nice characters. You also meet a pair of cannibal children. You can't hurt the children. They don't hurt you, but it's very heavily implied that they are cannibals. Yep. A brother and sister pair. It's really uncomfortable. Anyway. Yeah. There's there's some interesting things in the game that you find, like the uh, the weird tapestries that are just kind of like hanging out in random ass places. The quilts. That's basically telling the stories of yeah. people who are long gone, which I found yeah. fairly interesting. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's this weird weird little thing that's like a really cool splash of flavor in the uh, in the game. Yeah, you don't really get they don't you don't really get story from the world that was. Yeah, you just kind of get these pieces of, of quilty tapestry that give you story from the previous yeah. world that uh, uh, generally relate to the NPCs that you're meeting. A lot of it reminds me some of the uh, big godstones in... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, oh, gosh, what is that game? Banner Saga. Yes, thank you. It, it was, it's just those those little bits of lore that you get that are kind of like yeah. they entice you in and you wish there was more of it, but you're in a way still kind of happy with what you get. Cause you know that there's more depth there. You the, just, the, there's, 
you want to know more and you want to play more to find out more yeah you're just scratching the surface of the game in the game's world it feels like a lot like the the first banner saga mm-hmm. where you you know there's a lot more lore buried under there and you're just trying to figure out how to access it you just can't yet yeah that's that's what would irked me about the banner saga it irks me a little about flame of the flood too but it's it's more understandable in this game because it's so light on story already yeah i can i can totally understand that yeah anyway as you progress through it it becomes like i said it becomes pretty apparent that you're in like late fall early winter because it keeps getting colder the like i said have a stove ready yeah uh, uh, I mean, yeah so one of the things that i think this game does really really well is like you feel the pressure of all of those gauges down on the bottom of the screen Absolutely. like you you know that you are playing this weird juggling act with hunger and thirst and sleep and warmth and like you can't you feel like you can't do all four so you have to like make sacrifices here and there of like okay i'm gonna get less sleep for a little while because i like i just can't yeah yeah. or or, you know you don't find spots you can sleep or whatever and then at times it's like oh it's just raining constantly so i'm gonna let my warmth go and i'm gonna make sure you know to keep my my hunger and my my thirst down and yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just like you have to play this juggling act and it it it, it's really tense it is it it did get tense for me right at the end too because you don't feel like you can do it like you don't feel like you can possibly keep it all going and yet you still have to try right yeah yeah anyway like like i was saying about the cold as well uh you're mentioning how if you, you just let the uh the the rain meter the the cold meter go down yeah. even with boar hide clothing which is the like i gotta say it's the second best in the game i think bear hide is better i'm not yeah bear, bear and wolf that. are better but you still will be cold. So mm-hmm. make that stove. Okay. Indeed. We did mention that there were going to be spoilers. I want to warn you one more time. I'm about to talk about the end of the game. If you do not want to hear the end of the game, skip ahead a little bit and uh, hopefully you'll you'll make it there. Uh, remember, remember when to skip ahead because there will be a skip ahead to blah, blah, blah at the beginning of this. Skip ahead there and you'll be fine. Okay, the game is very near the end once you hit the eighth section. Nine and ten are literally the end of the game. You you don't have anything else. There's only eight sections that you really have to traverse through. Mm-hmm. Once you hit the ninth territory, it's all open water, and you're just kind of coasting along to get to the kingdom because that is the end of the game. You do reach the kingdom. As Scout docks at the kingdom, you guide her up the dock into the next area. Aesop is overjoyed to be back with his dog friends and that that flock to you because there's a total of eight of them and all of their puppies. And you and Aesop are just kind of inundated with puppies. There's like two or three of them that come at you. And as you're heading further into the kingdom, uh, which was previously a theme park, and apparently prior to the disaster that wiped the population out, it was a theme park, which is because you're walking underneath the sign of the kingdom into the turnstiles. And it's now a safe haven as you go in and you notice that as you're passing past the, the farm sections that are, that are there, it's, there's some clear farm indicators. You find a set of packs. There's eight of them. 
or at least eight slots. There's one missing, and it's Aesop's. Aesop was clearly here and trying to get you back to the kingdom, trying to find someone, anyone that was out there who wanted to come back with him. And huh. as you continue forward, Scout finally approaches what looks to be something very similar to a dilapidated Epcot Center from Disney World. So like a big final, dome, big yeah, globe? It's, it's a big globe that just kind of it looks like it's had pieces falling off and it's uh, there's some overgrowth or like some, some underbrush on it growing on it. And the final scene plays as, as Scout walks into the, well, the light. Tell us, Traveler, what's out there? And then the flame of the flood. The splash logo appears. That's it. That is the end of the game. The credits roll and you're left pondering what that final scene means. Nice, nice. That sounds interesting. Like, I, I definitely want to finish the game at some point. I just, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I just, like I said, I can only play it in about forty-five to sixty-minute spurts before I'm like, okay, I need to take a break for a little bit. Yeah, understandable. But, um, I played this on a Saturday while I was doing laundry, so I got plenty of breaks to go in there. <laughs> nice, nice. Um. There are some amusing achievements in the game, and mostly right. because they involve like little puns and jokes. Uh, and then there's a couple of them that are just like crazy because it's like, how the crap do you even do it? Yeah. Um, so the first one that I think you want to talk about was one that you actually texted me about when you got yes. the achievement. <laughs> yes, because it was it was just so silly because I didn't expect it to happen. Uh, I set up a spike trap, lured a wolf in, and all of a sudden, chunk, the gray. If you recall the Liam Neeson film uh, from a few years back where he was fighting wolves with his bare f with his fists covered in glass, that is the film title is The Gray. It's just, just so silly because you're I'm like, oh, that's a great achievement name. I got to tell Dan about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. I don't even remember where I was at the time. I think I was out shopping or something and was like, Okay. Does it have to do with aliens? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no. Do you remember the Liam Neeson movie? Oh uh, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that was like kind of our exact conversation, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, there's another achievement that's a Johnny Cash reference. Uh, it's called "I've Been Everywhere, Man," and it's you visit each of the ten types of locations. You get that achievement, which is kind of cool. Um, pretty good. This is the one that, like, I don't know how you do this. There's an achievement called Animal Friend where you beat the entire campaign mode without killing any animals. You can do it. I can almost guarantee you can do it because you can pick up yucca and cook the yucca for food. Right. You can get water, boil the water down. You really don't have to kill anything. There's no, there's no place that you have to kill something because you can Clothing. get to the end of the game without... Don't need it. Build the stove. You can okay. get to the end of the game without actually harming anything, if you're careful. You can just stuff the cattails into the clothing, and that's it. <laughs> it's nice. weird, but it is. But I, I, can, I, I can easily see it possible. Hard, but possible. Yeah, that, that seems really ridiculously hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also <laughs> the funny, funnily named achievement called Hallelujah, which is sleep in 20 churches. Um, this, this is kind of a, a roulette thing. I don't know if it spans across games, but if it doesn't, uh, you'll, you might have to yeah. do that in endless mode because not a lot of churches are down the river. Yeah. 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 Um, there's 
a really really funny one called death on the trail which is dehydrating to death while having dysentery is the exact wording of the achievement and the icon is the organ trail wagon awesome awesome uh there's also paleo diet which is survive for 40 days in the endless mode without eating any plants at all which <laughs> that's good <laughs> That's it's good stuff. It's hilarious because it's you know poking poking fun at the paleo diet, which yeah is a funny thing to do anyway. Yeah, you know. And there's learn the hard way, which is um, learning about how to die in yeah. every single way possible. That's a really hard achievement to get because there there are so many ways to die in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some other really weird ones that like there's one that also seemed pretty hard, which was like get 10 status ailments at the same time. How? You basically just have to get mauled and hope to not die. Yeah, it just seems kind of that seems impossible. Yeah, that seems more impossible than being animal friend than doing it without than doing the animal friend achievement. <laughs> it might be. It might be. I don't know. There's yeah, there's definitely some weird, weird stuff. Yeah, it's there's some weird achievements on there. There's a lot of interesting and, and fun opportunities to just play around. So welcome back from Spoiler Town. Got two things I think we need to discuss before we stop. I think so. That we forgot to talk about earlier. Oh, okay. Go on. Let's talk about the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack quite a bit. It was really, really interesting, especially the um, well, the twangy guitar music. Yeah, because there's there's one song that is the closing theme that is really good, and I don't want to say too much of the spoilers. Uh, there, there's just right near the end, this, this song plays, and uh, as you're coming up to a climactic moment, and it's really cool. Yeah, like I I really enjoy the music. Like I'm not normally like kind of a folky bluegrassy type person but like the music here was was really appropriate and it was really good and i figured we need to talk about music because we have a tendency to forget to talk about it we do because we forgot secret of mana we forgot a couple other games yeah so definitely definitely wanted to talk about it here because it is such a good thing for this game like it it adds so much to the the color and the environment of the game it that that is so to not talk about it would be criminal it would be an injustice yeah it is so the the best way i can phrase it, it is so wonderfully appropriate yeah i agree i agree um and then the last thing is just overall impressions did you did you enjoy the game do you think it's worth the money like what what do you feel um, is the appropriate value for this game as as we both look up what we paid for it. <laughs> well, I'm actually what I was looking up is the full price of the game, which is fifteen dollars. And quite frankly, I think that's I think it's worth it. I think it is worth yeah. fifteen dollars. I, I think that is a, an appropriate pricing scheme for it. And I don't remember what I actually paid for it. And quite frankly, I don't care because I would have paid fifteen dollars for this and not been upset. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we both grabbed it on the same Steam sale, and I want to say we probably paid around ten bucks. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's, that's maybe seven bargain. or eight. We might have either yeah. we might have gotten a fifty percent off. Yeah, um, that's a bargain for it. If it was seven yeah. forty nine, it was a bargain for it. Yeah, but yeah, definitely ten to fifteen buck range seems 
absolutely perfect. Uh, if yeah. you yeah. if you need to save the money and want to grab it on a sale, definitely recommend this one. I think I couldn't agree more. Like I would pay the, I can't say this enough. I would pay the fifteen dollars and not have any any regrets. This was yeah. a very good game. The um, the molasses flood did a fantastic job putting this together, and I'm really excited about their next game. Indeed, indeed. All right. So for our next game is our next game yeah. core game, which is Necropolis by Hairbrain Schemes. And yeah. uh, Dan has been very, very vocal about his enjoyment of Hairbrain Schemes games. So to let you guys know, Hairbrain, Hairbrain Schemes is currently run by one of my favorite game designers, Jordan Weissman. And a couple of his his old buddies so they most famously did shadow and returns and those games uh they also are no the boston lockdown wasn't it's an mmo and it's made by someone else yeah Um, and it wasn't good so just play the ones that were done by herbrings games yes most recently they are making uh mech warrior uh they're making a really weird it's it's so good. Well, because he's the original creator of Mech Warrior. I know, but it's just really weird to think of someone picking up that franchise again. Yeah, well, they're doing it right. They're doing a tactical turn-based Mech Warrior game. Well, let's hope so. No, it's it's in beta. It went out to no, Kickstarter's no, this I week. I hope so that they're doing it right. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely doing it right. It's it's pretty amazing looking. Uh, Sweet. But Necropolis is a weird game that they did. Uh, kind of out of nowhere uh it didn't get much fanfare until it was released uh again we're going with the roguelike kind of elements uh because it is a roguelike procedurally generated game that actually gets a lot of comparison to dark souls so it's a third person action combat game but it's more tactical where you actually have to like think through your combos and can't just button mash to kill a whole bunch of enemies but you can't do that yeah. in dark souls either <laughs> what you can't do that in dark souls either i know that's that's why it gets a lot of comparison to dark souls because it is that heavy tactical yeah. you actually have to you have to actually be good at what you're doing you can't just you know button mash your way through things get but, good scrub yeah basically <laughs> but importantly this game has co-op which we are almost definitely going to test because we've been doing that with all of our games but it's my understanding is it's pretty short uh again like a five to six hour game but we'll see it's got it's got a bunch of different classes it looks really cool it's got some really really stylized low poly art um yeah and yeah i'm I'm looking forward to this because it looks like a lot of fun. It it's got mixed reviews on Steam, but oh, fuck Steam. Yeah, everything is mixed reviews, really. Unless it's something that's going to blow you out of the water, everything is mixed reviews. Yeah. Also, but, our next episode, we're going to do E3, and we're going to peppy with E3 coverage because that's what we do around here. We talk about E3 a lot because it's just the greatest. Yeah, it, it's kind of the biggest single source of video game news for the year. Unfortunately, I mean, there's a couple other little things here and there throughout the year, but E3 is the big one where everyone comes together. So over by the time this comes out, we'll be three days into E3. 
Because huh? it starts this Saturday. Oh. It's Saturday, Sunday, and then this goes live on Monday. So we'll be we'll be into E3. Uh so you might next week you might just get a shit ton of hearing us talk about games. It's true. And E3. Uh but yeah, so that's what that's what we're working on. So our next main episode, which will be two weeks from when this goes live, will be a complete wrap-up of all of the E3 stuff and kind of like our best of E3 opinions. Uh, but everything between <laughs> everything between this episode and that episode, you can totally feel free to skip. Uh, it'll literally just be us reviewing the press conferences for there's super shit don't tell them to skip our stuff what are you doing this is exactly what we told them last year dude i don't want to know no don't skip it listen to okay all fine listen don't skip voice. it I'm listen awesome. to everything because paul <laughs> wants to torture you with <laughs> eight days of e3 coverage motherfucker if i gotta go through this so do you okay so. i'll be fucking tired as hell by the end of next week and i swear to god you got to listen to it if I got to talk about it, okay? You heard it here, folks. Paul wants you to go through it too. Yes. <laughs> Our next favorite game, however, is yep. one of my absolute all-time favorite games, Wolfenstein: The New Order. Yep. So that's that's kind of what we're looking at right now. We got E3 coming up next, then Wolfenstein: The New Order, and then Necropolis. Necropolis. So. We we got some good stuff on the horizon for you, including oh, yeah. the giant blitzkrieg of E3 coverage. Um, Speaking of Wolfenstein, yeah. <laughs> All um, right, folks. Anything else? I think we're done. Perfect. If you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us at podcast at loadedcardgaming.com. You can find me at Paul Cluel on Twitter. You can find Dan running both the at Loaded Cart and Shop the Viking accounts. And if you love us and you want to find us more, you can find us over on social media and the links in the show notes. But please do us a favor. If you really enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the heck you're listening to us. You can find you can leave us a review on Mars if you really want to. It really, really helps people find us and is probably the biggest thing you can do to help out the show because we don't pay to advertise. Everything that we do around here is word of mouth. So talk about us. Let people know that really, what you're listening to if you really enjoy us. And also, if you do leave us a review on Mars, please film that shit because I want to see it. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Also, if you feel like uh, being generous, uh, kick in a buck over at Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash gaming. We love every single one of you that have already decided to don donate to us. It is so much appreciated. Thank you so much. Indeed. All right. That's about it for me. Anything else, bud? Nope. I think we are done here today. Thank you to you listeners. We love you very much. And here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Paul of what's Paul playing today and with me is, as always is Dan otherwise known as Chop the Viking I'm gonna do that over again
Because <laughs> I stumbled too much and it's pissing me off. Ah, uh, so close. Yeah, yeah. I had it. I did well, and then just it, it all fell apart. I, I screwed it up apparently just by existing. <laughs> no, just, it all fell apart, man. It all fell apart. It's all right. You can do better. Of course, I can do better. I can always do better. That's what practice is for. But you know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so today being, of course, uh, Thursday, January 8th, or June, January. What the fuck? What the fuck, me? Welcome to six June months 8th. ago. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, know, you just don't want to do E3 right now. <laughs> I have already worked for 40 hours this week, and it's only Thursday. I'm mm -hmm. tired. Okay? I know, I know. I, I know. late night tomorrow, <laughs> and it's going to be like this all next week. While covering ah. E3. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's a thing, all right. Yep. And we will get to use our big crazy spoiler alarm. Wee 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 wee. I that. Yep, that's gonna gonna go in the stinger. Sweet. If you want to contact us, you can. Why are you holding up a finger? You didn't hear the, the siren go by? No. Okay. Well, the siren went by and I heard it and it was very loud and I figured it'd be on the coverage. Anyway. It might be. Yeah. We'll see.